0: I want to say a word of thanks to, to the choir for the time that they've put in to Brother Philip. And uh, we sure love and appreciate him and his heart. And um, he has led us to worship. And that's what it's all about. Jesus Christ is worthy of our praise. Uh, we're going to be in John chapter 11 today. John chapter 11 and verse 23. When Jesus had died, they'd placed him into a rich man's tomb in fulfillment of prophecy. And Mary and and, uh, the ladies had had gone to see exactly where it was that he was buried so that they could come back and then uh, embalm his body and prepare him and so forth. And Mary comes back on the third day, early in the morning, and she finds the tomb empty. And she begins to just be overwhelmed. It's bad enough that Jesus has been put to death. But now she thinks they've come and taken his body. And she begins to weep and uh, she's inconsolable. And finally, she notices out of the corner of her eye somebody that she thinks is the gardener. and She says, if you've taken his body away, please tell me where you've put him. And he says, Mary. And in that moment, all of her dismay and all of her grief turned to joy. She recognized the Savior's voice, and her life would never be the same. I'm convinced that when we understand who Jesus is, our life is never the same. When we know him personally as our Lord and Savior. You see, Jesus isn't just a, a dusty, dry story of history. He's a living Savior. He's changing people today, and He is working in our lives today. Uh, we need to know that. We need to know that Jesus can raise us up, not only physically, but that He can raise us up spiritually and emotionally through His power. He has the ability to restore us and renew us. Uh, Mary. And Martha and Lazarus were great friends of Jesus. He would often go to their house. Uh, he would have uh, meals with them, and uh, and they just dearly loved him, and he dearly loved them. But Lazarus had fallen sick, and they sent a messenger to Jesus and said, "Lazarus, the one you love, is sick." And Jesus stayed in the same place. Have you ever felt like that in your life? You prayed, and it seemed like God wasn't moving and God wasn't acting. Jesus stayed in the same place, but he did so for a reason. He wanted to teach them something about them about himself and something about their circumstance and every circumstance that would ever come in their lives. Jesus was more than just a healer, he was God. And so he comes finally after several days delay. And he comes and Martha comes out to meet him. And she says, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Later on, Mary comes out. If you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Well, long story short, Jesus goes and he has them roll away the stone from the tomb. And Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. And he gets up in the grave clothes they used to bind their bodies with these grave clothes he's like walking like this you know jesus said loose him and let him go you see jesus had a plan for lazarus but lazarus was to point to what jesus would ultimately do in his own resurrection but in the middle of all this drama that's taking place in chapter 11 there's a short discussion that jesus has with martha And it's of incredible significance. And it tells us what the resurrection of Jesus is all about. And it identifies who he is and what he can do in your life. We need to put our trust in Jesus, the Lord of the resurrection. And that's the title of my message, Trusting the Lord of the Resurrection. Look with me at verse 23 of John 11. This is Jesus speaking. He says, Your brother will rise again. Martha said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die, ever. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who comes into the world. Trusting the Lord of the resurrection. Why should we trust in Jesus? Because really, that's what we're to respond. That's how we're to respond to Jesus is to trust him because of what he's done. The first thing I want you to see, we need to trust him because of the authority of his word. The authority of his word. In verse 23, Jesus tells her, your brother will rise again. Sometimes we look at the promises of Scripture and we look at them as if there's some kind of distant, unreal thing. Maybe we don't embrace them with the faith that we should. And as Jesus says, your brother will rise again, Martha thinks he's just providing some comfort. Uh, What a great comfort it is to know that our loved ones will rise again. But uh, she says, I know he'll rise in the last day. I believe that. Jesus says, wait a second, you're not understanding me correctly. You see, Jesus is going to try to show her that he's not just the God of the future. That he can come into the middle of her circumstance and totally reverse it. The authority of his word. Your brother will rise. The disciples saw this authority when Jesus was on the sea. And there was a great storm and the ship was sinking. And they were, Jesus was asleep uh, in the boat. And they wake him up. Lord, don't you care? We're about to drown. He stands up and says, peace, be still. Instantaneously. The wind and the waves stopped and there was a complete calm. Jesus told Martha that he would raise her brother, and he did. Jesus spoke to the sea, and it responded. Jesus promised a centurion something. The centurion came to him, and he, he said, My servant's sick. He's, he's, he's suffering terribly. Jesus said, Let me come, and I'll heal him. The centurion said, No. I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. But I understand something about authority because as a centurion, I have authority and I tell people and they go when I say go and they do what I say to do. And I know you have authority, Jesus. And if you speak the word, my servant will be healed. And Jesus says, I've not found that kind of faith in Israel. You go and your servant will be healed. And from that very moment, his servant was healed. The authority of his word. Can okay, I'm going to tell you something. The promises of Jesus are true. How do you know? He has risen from the dead. He has risen from the dead. Listen, I'm going to tell you, there's all kinds of religions out there. But all their prophets are in tombs. There's only one religion whose Lord has risen from the dead, and that's Christianity. Jesus has great authority in his words what has jesus said to you he said if you'll confess with your mouth jesus is lord and believe in your heart that god has raised him from the dead you will be saved that's a promise of christ that's the authority of his word i want to tell you something jesus has control over who goes to his house i had somebody tell me a week or two ago I'm not shy about telling people not to smoke around me. And, uh, you know, if you own your house, you can tell somebody to go outside to smoke, can't you? It's your house, right? Jesus has a house. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. If I go, I'll... To prepare a place, I'll come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Jesus has control over that. And he says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You'll have a home in heaven. You'll be forgiven of your sins. You'll have a relationship with God based on the authority of his word. I want to tell you something. Jesus can speak. If you're a child of God here today, I want you to know something. You have a great privilege. You have a Lord that loves you, who responds to your prayers, who cares about the needs and concerns of your heart, who comes alongside you when you're broken to help you. And you can come to him in prayer, and you can cast your care upon him, for he cares for you, and he can speak into the situation that you find yourself in. And in an instant with the authority of his word, he can change things. That's the God we serve. You ought to trust him because of the authority of his word. The other reason that you ought to trust him is the power of his strength. The power of his strength. Jesus tells her, your brother will rise again. And Martha says, I know he'll rise at the resurrection of the last day. Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. What's he telling her? He's telling her about his power. I have the power to raise the dead, Martha. You don't understand. You don't have to wait for the last day. I am the resurrection. It's all about me. Listen, I want to tell you something. You want to be raised and be glorified in a glorified body and go to heaven, there's only one way to find it, one place to find it, and that's Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, you can go to heaven. It's the power of his strength. He can raise you up. Isn't it going to be a wonderful thing to see those who have lameness in their legs walking? Those who have blindness in their eyes see. Those who have emphysema and asthma and allergies healed. Those who have been broken with cerebral palsy or or all of these other diseases. In, In one instant of time when God gives the command and Jesus comes back, the dead will rise and they'll rise with glorified bodies. That's the power of his strength. The power of his strength but his power isn't just in raising the dead his power is bringing life to human hearts because in verse 26 he says everyone who lives and believes in me will never die ever and what's he saying here he just said you're going to die and then you're going to be raised now he says you'll never die what's he talking about here He's talking about spiritual life. Jesus had a discussion with Nicodemus. He said, Nicodemus, you're a religious leader. You know a lot of scripture. You've been involved in the worship here at the temple. But I'm going to tell you something. Unless you're born again, you'll never see the kingdom of God. What's he talking about? That spiritual birth that takes place when a person places their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. There's a change that takes place within Listen, I'm convinced there there are people that um, can help the sickness of a human body, right? They're doctors. We go to the doctor when we get sick, right? They can help. But listen, I want to tell you, I think the hardest thing in the world to do is to change a human heart. But you see, Jesus can do that as well. The power of his strength. Ask Mary Magdalene. Seven demons inhabited Mary Magdalene. She was a prostitute. She was broken. She was a sinner and known by everybody as a sinner. Thought she had no hope until she met Jesus. And Jesus changed her heart. Changed her life. And she was the one who saw Jesus first after his resurrection. Isn't that neat? Jesus is in the business of restoring hearts, changing hearts, renewing, restoring lives. Lifting up the broken. That's the God we serve. That's the power of His strength. I want to tell you something. There's no sin that Jesus can overcome or forgive. The power of His strength is so amazing. And I'm going to tell you something. His power can carry you through as a child of God. His power can sustain you. Listen, because I live, you also will live. You see, because of Jesus' resurrection, we can know. That no matter what we face, Jesus can sustain us. He can bring us through it. He can deliver us out of it. Whatever may be the will of God. And then one day we're headed to glory. How do we know that? The power of his strength. My dad, we used to, to do weightlifting together. When I started up, It's about eighth grade. And, we, uh, and he had this ritual. And, and my brother and I still laugh about it to this day. He's a very strong guy. He's a really strong guy. And he's, he'd laid off a of lifting for a long time. And he's, oh, boy, I just don't know if I can get this 200 pounds. It's been so long, you know. I, I just don't know if I can get it. And, and he would get down there and boom, 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 boom. boom, yeah, And he would do that regularly. It'd tick us off because neither one of us could bench press at once. <laughs> well, I don't know if I can do this. So he'd say, do you think I could lift this, boys? You know what my answer began to be? Yeah. (laughs) I think you can. Why? Because I knew the power of his strength. I'm going to tell you something. If you know the power of Jesus' strength, anything you face in life, there's nothing he can't lift. The power of his strength. Trust him. Trusting in the Lord of the resurrection. Why should you trust him? The authority of his word. The power of his strength, and finally, the identity of his person. The identity of his person. He asked Martha if she believes his statement, and she says, yes, Lord. And by the way, let me just say this about Martha. Martha is often known for her busyness, but I want to tell you something. Martha was a great lady of faith. And this confession that she makes here is one of the greatest in the New Testament. She's one of the few people who recognized Jesus for who he was. But she says here, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who comes into the world. Jesus is the Messiah. What's the word Messiah or Christ mean? Messiah is the Hebrew version. Christ is the Greek version. It means anointed one. Jesus was the anointed one. You remember Jesus' baptism. The Spirit came down upon him as a dove. He's the anointed one. The anointed kings of the Old Testament were anointed with oil to show the power of the Holy Spirit of God had come upon them for a task to be used in serving God. The priests were anointed uh, to show that they were to fulfill the task. But all of these Old Testament guys just were looking forward to Jesus because all of those were anointed ones, little a. Jesus is anointed one, all caps. Jesus is the anointed one of anointed ones. There's no one like him. And as the Messiah, the Jewish people expected that he would come and he would deliver them in their national life and would set them free from their enemies, and he's going to do that one day. But they also had a group of, of Jewish rabbis who thought there might be a second Messiah. They didn't realize Jesus was going to come twice and he was coming with different purposes. So they thought there might be a second Messiah, a suffering Messiah. And they looked at Isaiah 53 and passages like that that made a prediction. Which, by the way, you need to read Isaiah 53 if you haven't read it. It's one of the most amazing prophecies in all the Bible. It's fulfilled in the death of Jesus. Incredible detail. But they said, this guy is going to come and suffer for Israel. That's exactly what Jesus came to do as the Messiah. So he was the anointed one. He was a human Messiah born of a virgin named Mary, but he was also the Son of God. You see, Martha got both of those things right. He wasn't just the Messiah. He was also the Son of God who was to come into the world. All of the Old Testament looked forward to this day. Jesus was the star that was to come out of Jacob. Jesus was the seed of the woman. Jesus was the seed of Abraham through which all the nations of the earth would be blessed. Jesus was the seed of David who would rule and reign on his throne forever. That's the identity of his person as the Messiah. But he is also the one of whom Isaiah speaks. He says, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. The identity of his person. Jesus elsewhere in John says, I'm going to lay my life down, and then I'm going to take it up again. God's given me the authority to do that, and I'm going to do that. Did you know Jesus had the power to take himself and raise himself from the dead? Why? The identity of this person. He's God. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus died, physically died on the cross. He was dead. You know, no question about that. You could, you, you, people didn't live through crucifixion. Um, it was something that uh, ended in death. And so uh, Jesus died on the cross physically. He died spiritually and emotionally as the wrath of God was placed upon him. But I'm going to tell you something. In his divine nature, while Jesus was suffering, he was holding the galaxies together by his power. You see, death was just a speed bump for Jesus. He was God, the Son of God. You ought to trust Jesus because He is God, God the Son. And because of who He is, the identity of His person, He is able. He's able to save you from your sin. Yes, uh, We talked about Him having the authority to do that, but He also, as God, is able to save you from your sin. Um, as God, He is able to determine whose sins are forgiven. You remember? You remember the discussion He had. They they brought this this man down through the roof of the house. They dug through the roof. Wouldn't that be exciting? If while I was preaching, somebody dug through the roof and let this guy down on y'all probably wouldn't be listening to me. You'd be looking up. you know. Uh, and uh, but this took place, and Jesus looks down at him and He says. Son, your sins be forgiven. And the Pharisees start whispering, Who's this who forgives sin? Only God can forgive sin. Do you know what? Their theology was correct. Only God could forgive sin. The only problem was they weren't willing to acknowledge that Jesus was God. And so, Jesus says, Well, which is easier, to say I forgive your sins, or to say rise, take up your bed, and walk? I'm going to show you who I am. Rise, take up your bed and walk. And the man gets up, <laughs> takes his bed. I, I bet he's kind of jumping and maybe, maybe doing a little dance or something. I don't know. But he's excited. The power of Jesus. And, and Jesus says, look, I want to tell you something. I'll show you who I am. And I have authority to forgive sins. That's what happened on Resurrection Sunday. Jesus showed us who he was. He said, it's easy to say, I forgive your sins. Let me show you. And he rose from the dead. And his last words to his disciples were, go into all nations and make disciples of them. Because this is what I've come to do. I've come to bring forgiveness. Aren't you glad that Jesus' forgiveness isn't limited to one group of people? Every tribe, every nation, every socioeconomic level, doesn't matter, Jesus loves you. He died on the cross to pay the price for your sin personally. And then he rose again to show you that he has the authority as God to forgive those sins. If you don't know Jesus Christ, I'm going to give you an opportunity here in a moment to begin a relationship with him today. I, I can think of no greater way to celebrate Easter than to surrender your heart to Jesus Christ and receive his forgiveness. And you can see what his forgiveness will do in your life. And uh, I want you to know, Jesus, you you ought to trust him. Why? The authority of his word, the power of his strength, and the identity of his person. He is worthy of your trust. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we, uh, we just thank you for this great word that our Savior is the resurrection and the life. Those that believe in him, though they die, yet they will live. And those who live and believe in him will never die. Lord, I pray for anyone here today, God, that is unsaved. that they don't have a relationship with you. There's never been a time in their life where they have put their trust in Jesus Christ. And repented of their sin to receive his forgiveness. And Lord, I just I pray that... You